much for who you are. Lord, thank you for your word that you have left to us over the ages, Lord. Um, I was looking uh, at a text I got this morning even, how amazing your word is. Um, how, you know, you have 66 books written by people who are doctors and uh, farmers and people who were in the courts of the kingdom and, and people who just uh, really didn't, you know, kings and, and, and just everyday people and fishermen and tax collectors. And Lord, how amazing that you put all of this together and that you made it holy and kept it for us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for, for doing that. Thank you that it is a holy book. Lord, let it always stand above us rather than us standing above it. And Lord, I pray that you'll use your word and use me this morning to, in some way, uh, bring us a little bit closer to you. Show us a little bit more how to live. Lord, um, we remember uh, the Simpson family. Lord, and those who uh, were uh, close to him and were part of that network for years. Lord, there's churches that, that uh, he was over and, and pastored for many years. Lord, pray that you'll give them peace and comfort. I know that uh, he is um, standing in your presence and probably saying, don't cry for me. I am, uh, he is in a much, much better place and, and rejoicing. Lord, bring us to a point and bring his family and friends to a point of, of uh, rejoicing in his life and rejoicing in you in the new life that he has um, rather than mourning over our own loss. Lord, I, I know it hurts, but I uh, pray that you'll give them rejoicing in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to see a couple places this morning. Um, let's uh, start out in Isaiah 11 one more, once again. Um, we are continuing through the, the sevenfold uh, spirit of the Lord uh, this morning. Uh, we, we talked about the spirit of the Lord. We talked about the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might. And now we're going to, to talk a little bit about the spirit of um, knowledge. The spirit of knowledge. And I will, I'm going to tell you up front, and if you read my email, I was surprised at this one. Um, I, I started looking it up, and I'll, I'll tell you where I thought it was going. I thought it was, you know, that God gives us knowledge, you know, things that we don't know about, that he, like, just pops into our head, which is, is part of the gift, you know, the gift of the Spirit. You know, that's one of the, the manifestations of the Spirit is the, um, is the gift of, of knowledge. It's wisdom and knowledge and, and discernment, you know, that God will give us a knowledge that we don't know about and we can direct that to somebody. I thought, well, that's what this is talking about. But I don't really think it is. I think it's probably part of it. But uh, there's, there's a lot more to it. Um, let me, let's run over this again really quickly before we get into to knowledge. I want you to get this in your heart and your spirit so that you can pray this over yourself without looking at the text. Okay, so the sevenfold spirit, the spirit of the Lord, right? And what, 
what, remember, what, what, do you, what do you say about the Spirit of the Lord? Hmm? Okay. Yeah, um, uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord, He, he is the... Um, uh, he is the one that, you know, Jesus single-handedly went and stormed the gates of hell and fought and won our salvation, right? And so he is still the one that saves us, but not only saves us, but he um, he will uh, save us from, um, you know, sin and save us from whatever we are in. He, he has bought and won that salvation for us. The spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is, is for what? Penny, you, you sent me something the other day. Wisdom. Who, who, had, who, who, who had the wisdom? Solomon? Who else? Remember? Bezalel, yeah? What did they do? built, right? The tabernacle, the temple, right? The spirit of wisdom, understanding. Spirit of understanding. Another thing? Wisdom, John? Understanding for the the word to be able to understand what he is, you know, we can we can comprehend it, we can understand it. He wants us to to get um, information and get what he wants out of the word. Uh, the spirit of uh, counsel and might. Uh, we talked about the spirit of counsel. Uh, we talked about a really um, kind of bad character, right? But the, the spirit of counsel being that. Um, we, we hear from God. You know, somebody comes to us and says, hey, can you give me counsel? It's like they're asking God themselves, right? And you're being able to give them the counsel of God. The spirit of um, might, where we talked about that, that God still is winning our battles. And we are a people that need to be ready for battle, right? We've got to put on our armor. Some of y'all need to sharpen your sword. Some of you need to take the armor off the wall. Get the dust off of it. Get the polish out, you know, and start polishing the brass and the steel and the right. Let's get the armor out and be ready to fight. We're in a we are in a battle and God has given us the victory. The spirit of knowledge is is interesting. We're gonna get into that real quick. Um, let me let me uh, kind of start with with this. Um, you know, when you, one thing that I see when I, when I look at the world and as I talk to other people about what's going on the wor- in the world right now, and I think a lot of times it's what's going on in our own lives. You look at the, the political situation in the world right now, and I'm, I'm looking at what's going on with the, the two primary candidates, and I'm going, we may have no candidates here really soon. I'm going, and what it looks like, it's, it's chaos. There is, there is a bunch of chaos happening in, 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 in politics and in the world and in finances and in inflation and 
oftentimes that chaos gets translated into our own lives where it seems like everything that sometimes it's like Murphy's Law everything can go wrong will and and you, you try to do this and this and the other and, and nothing works and nothing is right and there is there seems to be instead of order there seems to be chaos and I think I found the secret in the word for bringing order from the chaos. That doesn't mean it happens overnight. But I think I found where it is. And it's in the spirit of knowledge. Let's read it here. If you would, though, if you you can't hold the place, we'll come back to Isaiah 11 here in a few minutes, okay? So we'll we'll come back to Isaiah 11. But flip over to to Genesis. All right? You know the story. I'm not going to read this whole thing to you. I'm going to point out a couple of things here. All right? Flip over to Genesis. Genesis 2, Genesis 2. Go to the index and go right in front of it. Our table of contents is there. Chapter 2. So if you, if you remember, so God has um, created, um, so this is very, very important. God, when God created everything, right? Right? He, he, he spoke it into existence until he got to man. And then he formed man, and then everything he created was what? Chaos. Are you sure? Okay. So it's good or very good, right? Right? Are you, are you sure? Okay. Then in the garden, he put two trees, right? The tree of life and the tree of what? The knowledge of what? Good and evil. Was it good? It was good. God created everything good, right? Including the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now you, you'll you'll find, if you look at common commentators on it, you'll you'll see a wide variety of stuff. They oh, they, they, this was a poisonous tree, or no, it wasn't poisonous. It was good. God created it all good, and you know the, the devil was a liar, but he came and Eve said, "Look, it looks good. It looks good for food. It looks good for right. It looks good. It." it when, the, when she tasted it, she didn't put it out of her mouth. She went, hmm, this is pretty good. Adam, why don't you try it too? Right? It, everything that God created was good, including the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then, verse, so ch- chapter 2, 
um, verse, let's start with verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die. Okay? So, remember, what, what is what is the... Um, what is the, the name of this tree again? The tree of knowledge. Knowledge of good and evil. Now, everything that Adam and Eve knew at the time was what? Good, right? Everything that was in the garden was good. The trees were good. The plants were good. The animals were good. It was, it was in order, to a huge extent, now that Adam and Eve were supposed to procreate, fill the earth, continue to bring order, but everything in the garden was in order, and it was good. And God's command was good, right? By the way, Paul says the exact same thing about the law, right? Was the law was the law evil? No, it was not evil. The law was good. It was holy. It was right. God commanded, don't eat from this tree. It was a good tree. But because God commanded, the command was good and right and holy, then there was an opportunity. Right? There's an opportunity for another side of knowledge. Okay? They knew good. They did not know Evil. Let me let me just. You don't have to go there, but let me. Um, in fact, I'm, not, I'm just going to read it from here. Um, my, I copied it here, and it's in my. Um, this is. Anyway, maybe it's. I'll have to find the, the reference. I, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge I will also I will reject you from being my priest since you have forgotten the law of your God I will forget your children a lot of times what what I found in in, in the Old Testament especially but knowledge when it talks about knowledge there's, there's a few different ways and one is just knowing something you have knowledge of X Y and Z that's basic but a lot of when it talks about knowledge, what it's talking about is the law of God. It's talking about the, the law of God. So you know, if you have knowledge, you know what you are supposed to do because God has said, this is the law for you. So that's what this, uh, this passage right here is talking about. You, you have rejected knowledge. You've rejected what you know is right because God has put this law into place. It is knowledge for you to do what is right. Do this, don't do this. Don't do this, do this. God puts that knowledge in place. And so much of what knowledge is in the Old Testament especially is talking about knowing 
knowing the law of God and knowing what you are supposed to do, whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Did Adam and Eve know what the right thing to do was? Did, so they, they, had, they had limited knowledge. They had knowledge of good. They had the knowledge of God's command. They took that knowledge of God's command and they busted it, right? <laughs> and what, but, but what, what happened? What, what happened when they broke the command? What, what was it? Well, let's look at this real quick again. Go back to verse, um, verse 17, uh, 217. From the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat from it, you shall surely die. Did they? Hmm? Yes, they, they did. If they if they didn't, then God was a liar. Okay, right? Because God said, "On the day you eat of it, you'll surely die." What happened is is the the relationship that they had with God was broken. That is the other. We don't we don't say this as much anymore, okay? But you can go to the old King Jimmy's, right? And Adam knew his wife Eve, and they had a child, right? And the the, the word is no. You know, we we take that into our modern translation and say he had relations with, okay? But the word is no. You know, um, Joseph did not know Mary until after Jesus was born. It's, it's knowledge. Right? What, what happened when Adam and Eve took, took the fruit? They, they knew good and evil, but their knowledge of God was broken. Their, that relationship was broken. So here, I want you to see this because they had everything good. They, they had a great relationship with God. That intimacy with God was broken because of sin. Then what's the first thing that happens with them? They look at each other and go, oh, You're naked. I am too. What do I do? With? Remember, everything was good. Right? All of a sudden... The intimacy with God is broken. Therefore, the intimacy that they had with each other is broken to some extent. Everything starts getting out of order. Everything was good. It was good for them to be naked and be right with, with but as soon as that intimacy, that relationship with God got broken, then all of a sudden the relationship they had with each other was in some way broken. They were naked and they were ashamed. It was an intimacy issue because intimacy with God's broken, intimacy with people are broken. So there has to be 
something that takes place. And you go, you read on after that, you get into Genesis 3, right? Because they, they broke the commandment, all of a sudden, God starts um, doling out discipline. Um, this is 3, uh, 14. Because you've done this, cursed are you more than all the cattle. Talk, this is talking to the, to the serpent. More than every beast of the field on your belly you'll go. Dust you'll eat all the days of your life. I'll put enmity, enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He should bruise you on the head. You should bruise him on the heel. To the woman, I'll greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you'll bring forth children. Your desire will be for your husband. He'll rule over you. To Adam, cursed is the ground because of you. Did you, you see this? So it's not just that it's there. Everything starts breaking down from being good and ordered into there is a, a breakdown. There's first of all, there's that that breakdown with God. There starts to be a breakdown with Adam and Eve. There's now then it gets into curses the ground because of you. In toil you'll eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles will grow for you. You'll you will. Um, Eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you'll eat bread. So you return to the ground, because from it you are taken. From dust you shall return. You see? So it goes from just, it, it, they, they break the intimacy, that knowledge of God, to there's an intimacy between man and woman that's broken. And it goes even further to now there's going to be an enemy. There's a serpent that's going to be there. Even the ground itself gets cursed. Everything starts turning into chaos. You're going to have to live in chaos, is what God says to Adam and to Eve. back over to Isaiah. Isaiah 11. Now remember, what did I say that that, that second knowledge of the, in the Old Testament, knowledge is, off, is very often used of the knowledge of God's law. Right? Knowledge of God's law knowing what God said to do or not to do, right? And um, knowing, not just not just vaguely knowing, but you, you know what it is you're supposed to do because of God's law. Which, that knowledge brought death and destruction and chaos, right? Look at... Um, Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Remember, this is Jesus. Spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he will judge the poor. Decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. 
Also, righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness, faithfulness the belt about his waist. Watch this. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together, a little boy will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like at the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the, what? Knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the Lord. As the waters cover the seas, in that day the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, who will stand as a stigma for the peoples, and his resting place will be glorious. So, remember, this is for today. Right? The Holy Spirit rested on Jesus. He poured out the Holy Spirit at Pentecost upon us. Right? He brings the chaos back into order. That even the earth itself will respond to the order of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. Not knowledge of his commandments. Very big distinction here. I, I wrote a few little um, the, this is the knowledge of good and evil versus the knowledge of the Lord. Right? The knowledge moves from law to relationship. That relationship changes everything. It has the power to change society, even uh, uh, bring order back to nature. The law cannot bring order back to humans and nature, but relationship will. Knowledge of the law cannot restore order, but knowledge of God will. Knowledge of the law cannot restore the order, but knowledge of God will. Seeing that distinction, it's not the law that restores order. It's not just knowing what to do and what not to do that restores order. It is knowing the God of all the ages that restores the order. And I said there's a third, that third knowing is intimacy. Okay? Is knowing is just like, oh, I know how to do this. I know, uh, you know, you, you know about farming. You know about uh, sheep or what, whatever, right? There's the, the knowing of the law. The third knowing is intimacy. It's relationship. When, when Adam and Eve took the fruit 
the intimacy, the relationship, the knowing of God was broken off. When Jesus came, He restored it. Or maybe I should say, maybe I should say better. When Jesus came, He restored the opportunity and the ability for us to have the intimacy with God so that the world, so that we would know Him, so that the world would know Him, and so that order would come back into our own lives and into the world. He will restore order from the chaos, even so that the the ground itself See you looking at me going, huh? Is that? Um, if you go over, if you have your Bible, if you want to, if you want to just let me read it. Romans 8. Romans 8. Verse 22. Uh, actually, uh, verse 20 says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Sorry, verse uh, 19 says, For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. So the creation groans, um, and we groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption of sons. Why? Because when the sons and daughters, when, the, when God's kids are revealed, even the curse on the earth is lifted. That's what Isaiah 11 is saying. Well, as it comes, it comes when we and others, when we lead others into intimacy with the Creator. overnight process. Alright? By the way, having intimacy with somebody is not an overnight process. You don't need somebody on the street find out their name and all of a sudden you're the most intimate of friends. It takes a while. And it takes a while for this to take place on earth. But my question for you today is how intimate So somebody asks down the street, hey, do you know Jesus? Yeah, I know Jesus. And you might even be the one doing the asking, hey, do you know Jesus? Yeah, I know Jesus. How well do you know him? How much time do you spend with him? 
like intimacy isn't just about saying hi you know, every once in a while. It's not just about talking to him. If I were to have a, a friend and I sat down and I did all the talking, we sat down for 30 minutes and I said, and, and all they said to me was hi. I said, hey, how are you doing? How, much, how intimate would, would we be? Not very. He may know everything about me. But he would, uh, but I wouldn't know a thing about him. How much time do you spend talking to God versus listening? How much time do you spend just sitting with Him? Oh, would you come and just let's just sit for a while? I just want to hang out with you. Is it all one-sided? Or does it go back and forth? in prayer this last week it's been about three months oh I got my hands I've been getting on for Mary Day since too it's good I'm, I'm with that type where we've got that relationship where I you know I and he, he's been telling me he, go ahead you can ride me that's alright just keep, keep after it okay I'm going to intimate for, for those of you who are married, have been married, or maybe you've had a close relationship, close intimacy takes time. It takes time to know your spouse. It takes time to know that friend. It takes it takes sitting with them for hours. It takes it takes um it it, it takes looking at them first thing in the morning when they haven't done their hair, you know. Or last thing at night when they are dead tired from working all day or they've been out sweating out, you know, working out with the grass and you've got grass covered all over and sweat and, 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 and you've got grass in your hair. And somebody, you know, it's that type of relationship. Do you have that relationship with God? Or do you have to get all made up first? You know what I mean by that? Do you make sure, okay, God, I'm going to make sure and get all cleaned up. Make sure, no, you should make sure you get rid of all your sin and whatnot. But look here, God knows anyway. He wants you to come. It doesn't matter what you look like. And I'm talking about in here much more than out here. He wants you to come how you are. It's not, oh God, I messed up today. I can't talk to you. I have to wait till tomorrow. No. Sit with me. You sit and you talk to me. Of, um, there, there are folks that in, in at peace or you know, John Alley's church. They'll, they'll they'll regularly take a week of listening prayer. That's all they do. Eight plus hours a day, just go and sit, sit and pray. Don't say any permission. Let me tell you, when you do that, it'll change you. You start listening. 
it's been, I've been there. It, it takes time to just, like I said, really learn and enjoy the experience. And just, let's, let's just talk, Lord. Let's just sit and talk. Tell me what's going on. Morning, Lord, what's going on today? Remember those times when, when I was in college, and it was, I, I had a very, I want to say different, but it, it was, it was a friendship with the Lord that I'd, I'd just go and I'd, I'd talk to him. Hey, God, what's up? How you been? And, and I'd say, you talk to God that way? Yeah. And we'd sit, we'd just talk for hours. Just talk to him and listen. Find out what's going on in the world. What, what's going on with you? You ever ask the Lord what's going on with him? Maybe you just want him to know what's going on with you. to spend not just time this week talking to the Lord. And how much time? Is it five minutes? Is it ten minutes? An hour? Reading your Bible is good. Okay. But how about spending an hour in prayer? Let me, let me just... This is something that the Lord's really challenged me with recently. And I want to just, I'm going to pass it along to you. John Allard uh, gives a, a story that he was, um, uh, we're in the Solomon Islands, and we've been to a revival that took place. And there's this guy, when he was a kid, this, this revival had started. He was a kid, and his parents had gone to a revival service, and he um, was by himself. He, he actually drowned, died, went to heaven. Saw the Lord saw different things in heaven, the Lord sent him back. And you and I bound him for that. Okay. When John Allard was there, he was, I believe he was staying with him, and, and found that this guy, uh, he was up in the middle of the night um, reading the Bible and, and praying. And he went over and talked to him and said, what, what's going on? He said, I, I, I noticed you, you were up all night long. But ever since that experience, I know how to sleep. Well, he spends all night, every night, reading the Word and in prayer. I believe that God will give us rest. Sleep and rest are different things. Sleep is good. It really, it really is. But if we will let God give us rest, by being in His presence, we can have the rest that we need. Because as I've been, I've been kind of thinking. About you, you guys going? I keep talking about you praying for two or three hours. You're going. I don't have that much time. I work. I have family. I got school. I got right. I've got all these other commitments. I'm, and I'm going to challenge you. Say, look, let God wake you up when He's going to wake you up, and get up and be in His presence. That may be at three o'clock in the morning. Been there recently. Three thirty, three o'clock. Good morning, Lord. Okay, I've been up. You got to give me some rest, and I'm supposed to help to do this because I don't do three o'clock in the morning. All right, Lord, let's go. And let me tell you, I'm finding that He gives me the rest that I need during the day. 
Sometimes it's later at night. All right, I'll keep on going. But, Lord, you better not wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. But you know what? If he gets you up and you're like, okay, Lord, let's go, you, you get into his presence and the rest comes. You may not want to first thing in the morning. Let me tell you, God will give you the rest. What I'm saying by that, Jesus went all night praying. A number of times. God will give you the rest. You may not have the time during the day, but God, if you make the time, if you follow the, what the Lord is saying for you to do, and He gets you up and you, you, you pray and you spend the time with Him, He'll give you the rest and the energy that you need to make it through the day. So I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you guys. Spend the time. You might, it might be small steps. Some of you, you might be used to praying two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. Make it thirty. This week, make it thirty. Some of you all may be more the third, fifteen to thirty minutes already. Make it an hour. Some of you need to bump it up and go two to three hours in a day. Some of you need to take the challenge and spend whole days in listening to me. So, okay, I'm going to take. I've got the day. I don't have anything else going on. I'm going to shut myself in my room for the next eight hours. Okay, you, you, you can fast or you don't have to fast. Break for lunch. Come back. From eight to five or nine to five, I'm just going to sit and listen. that we can be intimate with Him. It goes from law, knowing the law, right, to being so intimate with Him that everything in your life changes. Chaos comes into order. And when chaos begins to come into order for the people of God, then it comes into order. For the, the society around us, even the creation itself through its fall. But it starts with intimacy with our Lord. So you take the challenge this week. Step up your prayer life. I say, whatever you're doing, step it up. I'm starting with that. Maybe it's five minutes, do ten. Fifteen minutes, do thirty. 30 minutes to an hour. If it's an hour, do two. Okay? Find it. Let me know what you find out next week. Okay? The goal is let's get intimate with the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, I, in, in the name of Jesus, I, I, I believe over this wonderful group of people, those who are listening online, those who are here with us, those who are not feeling well today, Lord, I pray that the spirit of knowledge will rest upon us. 
Lord, that the intimacy, the, the knowing God as we know ourselves, that sort of intimacy would rest upon this people. Every single one of us. Lord, that we will be so close to you that we'll be able to hear your heartbeat. We'll know what, what makes you happy. We'll know what makes you upset. Lord, we'll, we'll hear your voice like never before. That every single one of us will be so in tune with, with you that, that it will change everything around us. It will bring order to our lives, order to the life of this church, order to the life of this town. Lord, bring order out of the chaos. Start with us. Start with us this week as we pray and as we seek intimacy with you. And release that over this people, this, this wonderful church. Lord, I bless them in the name of the Lord. I pray that you will give each person here um, your grace, your peace, Lord, and give them rest. Not sleep, Lord. Lord, we need sleep too at times. Lord, you did not sleep, you rested. And I, I bless them with rest. No matter how much sleep that they receive, let rest be upon them. So that they can do everything that they need to get done and spend the time with you that, you, that, that they need to do. Amen.